0: Bibles, would you please turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. So all the way at the end of your, uh, near the end of your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter 1. It'll be a few moments before we get there but you can have your Bibles ready. You probably have not heard of Sergei Sudev <clears throat> Why would you probably have not heard of him but if you lived if you lived in the eastern european nation of moldova you would probably hear of sergei sudev because he is one of the wealthiest persons in that nation uh, <clears throat> how he came into that wealth is, is really what makes his story so interesting. Sergei was a young um, journalism student who was working part-time as a DJ in a radio station in, the, in Moldova in 2008 when one day he received a phone call. By the way, he was at the time earning about... Three thousand euros a year, which is equivalent to about four thousand dollars a year. Not a very big, very small income now, and, and uh, not very large even then, eleven years ago. But he was working as a uh, he was a student, and he was working as this DJ when he received a phone call in October of two thousand and eight. He received word on that phone call. At first, he thought it was a joke. Why wouldn't he? But he received word via a phone call that his uncle, a rather eccentric uncle who had moved away from Moldova some years before and was living in Germany, that his uncle, that he had only met twice, by the way, and that was 10 years before. He barely knew the man. He'd met him two times 10 years before. His uncle died in Germany and he Left his entire fortune to his nephew. How many here would like to get a phone call like that? All right. So, so he gets this phone call. He he knew very little about his uncle other than he lived in this this neighboring country, and and but what he received was no small inheritance. Nine hundred and fifty million euros, or at the time, the equivalent of, get this, 1.3 billion, with a B, billion dollars. His life changed considerably with that one phone call. Uh, Later on, not too long after that, he was being interviewed by someone, and and they said, how has your life changed? He says, I've got a lot more friends now. He says, some of them are quite pretty ladies, and so that's not all bad. Sergei Sudev, his life changed very rapidly. Listen, uh, by the way, this has very little to do with Sergei or the rest of the message. Just a little word of advice. This summer at, the, uh, at that family reunion you're having, be very nice to that eccentric uncle, all right? Be very nice to them. It may, it may pay off. It certainly did for this man. An inheritance, that's what he received. And Sergei received this inheritance. Here's the thing about an inheritance. An inheritance usually means someone dies, right? That has to be part of it. An inheritance usually means someone dies and then leaves something of value to someone related to them. That, that's Sergei's story. He had an eccentric uncle that died. He left a huge fortune to his nephew who was related to him. So those three elements, those three elements of, of, of uh, uh, someone dying and, and then leaving something of value to someone related to them, those three elements will almost always be a part of an inheritance. I want you to see those three elements again. Someone dies something of great value to someone who is in in relationship with them. Last Sunday, one week ago right now, it was Resurrection Day. We can call it it Easter, but it's really Resurrection Day. It is the, the one Sunday a year when particularly we focus on the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And it's a great celebration. Here's the thing. I, I know that Resurrection Day, for the follower of Jesus Christ, every day is Resurrection Day. Every day. Probably eight or ten times this last week, something would happen and I would, I, I would, I would be taken back, not just because we celebrated it last Sunday, but because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ like so many of you, And so many things happened this week that I was immediately taken back and I thought, I'm so grateful for the resurrection. I'm so grateful for the power of the resurrection. So to a follower of Jesus Christ, though we emphasize it and really point to it one day a year on Resurrection Day, on Easter, um, more than that, we experience resurrection power every day. So that was just one week ago. And last Sunday... Last Sunday, on Resurrection Day, we looked at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Here again, we saw it last week, but here again is what God inspired Peter to write. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There's a lot there. That is one of those verses where there is so much packed into a small space. So let's, let's look at it again and notice some key phrases. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, here's this man. It's the Holy Spirit who is inspiring him to write, but he's writing through this man named Peter. Peter was, had been one of Jesus' disciples. And, and Peter, here writing, you see it before you, Peter wrote about God's great mercy, he writes about God's great mercy in part because Peter had received God's great mercy, right? So when he, as he's writing this, as, the, as he's writing what the, the Holy Spirit inspires him to write, when he penned that word, in his great mercy, he knew what he was talking about. After being one of Jesus' closest followers for a little bit more than three years, on one horrible night... Peter denied knowing Jesus three times. We looked at that lastly. He denied even knowing Jesus three times. You know, if you do something once, it's it's a one-time event. If you do it twice, it's called a repeat. If you do it three, it's called a three-peat, right? You've heard of that? This is this is the most miserable three-peat, I think, in all of human history. On one horrible night, he denied knowing this. This man that he was so close to and who was so close to him, he denied knowing him, not once, not twice, but the most despicable three, Pete, in history. And Peter, Peter's denial left him in a hopeless place left him in a hopeless place, a hopeless state of mind, a hopeless state of being. I mean, from that Thursday night, that's when he denied, from that Thursday night and then on Friday when Jesus died and then on Saturday when, when Jesus' body was in the tomb and, 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 and up until early Sunday morning when, before he heard anything else, he was in this horrible and hopeless place. But then he heard that Jesus was alive and everything changed. See, the power of the resurrection, the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection changed everything. Let me bring it back to the word hopelessness for a moment. And again, we, we really drilled down on this this last week. But for different reasons, perhaps every one of us here this morning have found ourselves in hopeless and in helpless places. See, that's, that's something that we may have in common. Every one of us here today have found ourselves in a place where we feel absolutely helpless and absolutely hopeless. I've been there. I was talking with someone this morning. He shared briefly how he'd been in a hopeless place. That happens for a, a num- number of reasons, but we go to that hopeless and helpless place But then after Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, like us, like Peter, we too can experience that new birth. And you see that, you saw that verse earlier where it includes the the words, the new birth. Peter experienced this new birth. When he heard that Jesus was alive and Jesus restored him, he experienced new birth. He, he experienced that born-again experience that, that, that Jesus had spoken of all the way back early in His earthly ministry in, in John chapter 3, where He told the man, if, you, if, you, if you're going to live forever, you must be born again. You must be born from above. Not, not, the, not just the, the physical birth, but the spiritual birth that, that causes us to live forever. And Peter experienced that, and we can experience that. And so again, Peter, as he's writing this verse here in verse 3, he wasn't just writing these things, he had lived them. Now, let me bring it back to you and I for a moment. Some of you here this morning in recent weeks um, have experienced this new birth. Some of you here today, just last week, raised your hand and you prayed a prayer and you experience that new birth. And now, because of that new birth, we, are, we, are, we have come into a living hope. Remember, that's what Peter wrote here. He says, because of the new birth, we have come into a living hope. And now, even though life can still be very, very challenging, we, we are living with a hope that is beyond ourselves because of new birth. We have a living hope. For some of us, that happened, uh, I know others uh, happened maybe a few weeks ago or a few months ago. Some of us, it happened a very, very long time ago. But regardless of how long you have been born again, regardless of how long you have, how long ago you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, that living hope that followed is a very real part of our lives. I have to tell you that there's not a day that goes by that I don't thank God for the living hope that I have because he saved me because he cleaned me up, because I'm born again. That's not just a phrase that is thrown out in a, in, a, in a political cycle when someone's trying to get votes. It should never be that. It should be something that we declare with great, with great conviction and something that we should declare with, with great gratitude for what he has done. I have been born again into the family of God. I'm in relationship with him. And that new birth, the living hope that follows, also brings something else. Look at verse 3 again, and then into verse 4, reads this way, In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Now I want you to notice, please notice the word there in verse 4, the word inheritance. Remember, as I mentioned a few moments ago, the three key elements, essential elements of an inheritance means that someone died, left something of value to someone related to them. Well, listen, when Jesus died and then rose from the dead see his is different when jesus died and then rose from the dead that makes the inheritance that he gives very very different it it makes it an eternal difference That makes any inheritance that he gives, that he bestows upon us, very different. The inheritance that Jesus gives to us because of the cross and because of the empty tomb, the inheritance he gives us when we're born again into his family will last forever. Now that's good news. The inheritance that he gives because he died, because he gave something of value to us, eternal life, and, and, and because we're in right relationship with him when we die or when we go to be with the Lord through the rapture, one or the other, when we go to be with him, we are going to live forever. Why? Because it's a different kind of an inheritance. If, if you're taking notes this morning, write this down. The living hope of Jesus Christ changes our inheritance. It changes our inheritance. There's an interesting verse. It's, uh, you won't see it before you, but it's one that many of you will be familiar with. It's Romans 6, verse 23, where it says, "...the wages of sin is death." I think without doing any disrespect for the, to the word, we could say the inheritance or the payment or the outcome or the consequences of sin is death, both physical and spiritual. Uh, the, 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 the wages or the results, the payment for our sin is death. That's, that's what a person who's never been born again that's what is going, that's the inheritance that they get, if you will. But the verse goes on, Romans 6.23 also says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, see that's the difference, right? In the natural world, when we when we, uh, if, if, if our sins are not forgiven, if, if we're not in Christ, then the, the, the consequences of our sin is death. But if we're in Christ, if we're born again, then the results, the inheritance, is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but that is the greatest thing ever. See, when we give our lives to Christ, we give Him all of the junk, all of the filth, all of the All of the the failure, all of the regret, all of the, we give all of that to him, and in its place, he gives us eternal life. There's no better thing in the world than that. I mean, this is just amazing. I mean, we trade this, we don't trade it. We surrender this, and he gives us this? I mean, that's like, that's like saying, you know, I got this, I got this, this, this apple that's that's rotten and worms are running through it, and and I I give that up to get the Garden of Eden. I mean that that's that's a tremendous trade off. The interesting thing is some people say, "Oh, I don't want to give this up." <laughs> that's that's the amazing thing to me. I don't want to give this up because uh, at least I know what this is, or I kind of like this. You know, I got a thing for worms, and so I'm going to keep this. But 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 really, I, I think. Even that doesn't compare to the extremes of what we give up and what we get in Jesus Christ. What an inheritance! What an amazing inheritance that we receive. Why? Because we're in right relationship with God. I, uh, I, I told you the story a little a few moments ago about Sergei, right Sergei Sudev. I tried to find some more recent information about him in in just the last couple of years and there's there's not really much information out there so i don't know i found almost nothing so i don't know if uh, if sergey spent or multiplied or lost his fortune boy a 1.3 billion dollars that'd be pretty tough to go through but i suppose it's possible i don't know what happened with it i'm i'm thinking that he still has a lot of friends but, but I, I do know this, I do know this: that regardless of what Sergei did with his, uh, with his inheritance, I do know this: it will not last. It won't last. Even though that's a big chunk of change, it cannot and it will not last. It's absolutely impossible for it to last. It will never it will never make it beyond this world see, regardless of anything that we inherit in this world, regardless of how good or bad it might be, it will never make it beyond this world. It will never make it beyond this world. Whatever we receive of, of, of earthly or mon- it will never make it beyond this world. When my father died last month, uh, everything that he had, of course, went to my mother. In fact, it actually didn't go to my mother. It was already hers. You see, they had everything in common, and and this is as it should be. It was already theirs. Now it's hers alone, and and that's what we prefer. Uh, we, we want that. Uh, my mom has got good genetics, and we trust that we'll have her around uh, a long time, and so we're just... My brother and I, I just have one sibling. We're just very, very grateful that my dad took care of her, and, and that's all good. So everything that my dad had, of course, now is, is hers. If I can add this as well, please. Um, if, if you're married, uh, you put everything in common. I mean that. I've seen too many times where a husband and a wife, or the husband will say, this is my money, This, is, this is, and, the, and the wife will say, this is my money, uh, I pay this. Don't do that. That has nothing to do with, but just don't do that. Put it all together. You, you become one, and that's one in finances as well. All right, enough said. That's just, that's extra. Um, uh, but this is, this is what my, so my mom has this. However, my dad did have some, some personal items, uh, some sentimental items that he kept in his nightstand on his side of the bed. Just a little nightstand about this tall, two drawers, and both of them had um, um, some stuff in it, some personal items. I when I heard that my uh, father passed away, the next day I left and went home to be with my mom. And in the next couple of days, we sorted through all of Dad's things, took a bunch of stuff to the Salvation Army, and and uh, sorted through this this these two. Drawers of personal items. The total contents of that drawer may have may have a combined value of about a hundred dollars. There really wasn't that much. There were there were two Western belt buckles. Right there, there which I don't I don't wear. Um, there were two uh, western bolo ties, you know, the, the, the slip up and down thing, uh, and, and, and I, I don't wear those either. Um, there, there were three old watches. There were about 20 pocket knives. Man, some of them were just really shot. I don't know why he kept them, but this is my dad. He kept these 20 pocket, uh, pocket knives and two old harmonicas. I mean, these were, this was his stuff, right? This is the only thing that they didn't have in common. Everything in the drawers was distributed between my brothers and I, um, my dad's grandchildren, my children, my brother's children, and then some cousins of mine, some nieces and nephews uh, to my father. Everything else was distributed. I kept two items and I have them here with me today. Um, first of all, I have this, this pocket knife, this, this little pocket knife. This was my dad. This is one that he carried a long time. This this is this is one half of my inheritance right here. It's one half of my inheritance. Uh, he, I remember this knife because we would use this we would use this to uh, we would use this to work cattle. Now some of you may wonder how do you work cattle? Well, I'll tell you later. I'll be in the foyer and I'll explain how you work cattle with, with with a knife like this. And then the other thing that he gave me, or the other thing that I claimed rather as as my inheritance, is, is this old watch that I have on my hand right here. It's, my, it's a watch. I remember my dad wearing this. I remember him milking cows with this watch on his arm, and so it. it I I kept it. You can get a watch, and, and I, you know, I had it. I, I had it appraised. I went on eBay and found out, and I thought, man, maybe I'll maybe I'll do well. You can get this all day long for seven dollars, right here, right there. There that, that bad boy. And uh, and so uh, the 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 these these two items, these two items right here, right here, these two items. Uh, they're, they're sentimental value only. Y- you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't sell these. I wouldn't sell these for five hundred dollars. What what's this worth? Maybe a duck, a buck, a dollar. This is worth seven. The, the band costs more than the worth the value. Right here, I wouldn't tra- I wouldn't I wouldn't sell this for five hundred dollars. If you offered me a thousand, you're, you just bought yourself a knife and a watch, all right? Because I'm sentimental, but I'm not stupid. So, all right, you see me later. We'll, we'll, I'll make you such a deal. Right? Here's the thing I shined up the knife, and it's already, I, I put some steel wool to it, it's already faded. It's already tarnishing. It's not very good metal. The, the watch, the watch—it's one of these wind-up ones, but it's really—it keeps really good time, but it's erratic. It stops in the middle of—it stops all the time. I should—I should have checked it out before I bought the band. This is the nature of these things. This is the nature of our, in, our earthly inheritance. These things cannot last. I guarantee you someday, if Jesus doesn't return first, they're going to go through my side of the bed, my drawers, and they're going to say, "What is?" and they're going to throw this away. It's the nature of our earthly inheritance. Even if it's great and it's grand and it's immense, even if it's $1.3 billion worth, It cannot last. It will never go beyond the confines of this world. But what we receive from Jesus lasts forever. What we receive from Jesus lasts forever. It's a different kind of an inheritance. Verse 4 says this inheritance will never perish. I, I dug into the Greek on this, and it means that it cannot decay It cannot decay. The inheritance that we receive from Him that is right now in heaven, it is not decaying. It is not in the state of decay. It will never spoil. That means it cannot be contaminated. It can't be contaminated. It can't be infected. It can't get a virus. It's unspoiled. And it also says it can never fade. It can never tarnish. It it literally means it it is perpetual, that there is no time limit on it. I don't know about you, but I like that kind of an inheritance. Never perishing, never spoiling, and never fading. Glory to God. That's the kind of inheritance that we have as followers of Jesus Christ. It's worth pointing out the persons to whom Peter was writing. Like like many books of the New Testament, this book, First Peter, began as a letter. Some letters that became Scripture were written to individuals, like Timothy or Titus. Some were written to churches, like Ephesians or Philippians. Some were written to groups of people in specific places like Galatians or Romans. Verse 1 says, this was first written to, you see verse 1, to God's elect, strangers in the world scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. I want you to notice that word strangers in verse one, strangers in the world. See that, see that phrase, strangers in the world. One Bible translation says calls them the exiled. Another translation calls them aliens. What does it mean? What does that mean, strangers in the world, exiled or aliens? Well, these these were these were Jewish Christians people that had been raised in Judaism but then heard about Jesus and they recognized him and received him as their Messiah. They were Jewish Christians who, because of the persecution of Christians under the Roman Emperor Nero that was happening at this very time, they had been forcibly moved or scattered. That's why it says scattered. He says, he says, you're strangers in this world and you've been scattered. These Christians had been moved to these Roman provinces, these, these, these four Roman <clears throat> excuse me, provinces that are listed there. Geographically, they are in what we would now call northern Turkey. And I simply point that out because it's a long ways away from their ancestral homeland. These people were so far removed from the place that they called home. They were far from the land that they had inherited centuries before. As Jewish people, all the way back, 1,500 years before when they came into the promised land, God said, this area is for this tribe, and this area is for this family, and this, this area is, and, and, and that was their homeland. They, they understood that inheritance meant that we have the land, but now these people, because of their faith in Jesus Christ, had been forcibly moved throughout the Roman Empire, and they're far away, they're in uncomfortable, difficult, unfamiliar places. The land that they had had for centuries before. It says they were scattered, strangers in the land. They were scattered and they were strangers in the land. But Peter wrote so he's writing this group of people whose earthly inheritance was all but gone. The land was gone, the property was gone, the belongings were gone. Some of these people were losing their children, they had nothing to give anyone to. Some of them had lost their parents, family members, loved ones. These people were going through so much. But Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, their inheritance was changed. Their inheritance would not be found in land, would not be found in property, they had an inheritance that could not and would not decay, that would not and could not be contaminated, and that it had no expiration date whatsoever. No one, Peter is saying, through the, the Holy Spirit saying through Peter, no one can take away this inheritance. No one can take this. It is sealed in heaven for you. Listen, friends, if you came to Jesus last week, or you came to Jesus two weeks ago, or last year, or last decade, or in the last century. Remember that this place, this place right here is not our home. You know what? We are still strangers in this land. We're still strangers in this land. This is still not my home. Oh, I live in Aberdeen, and I live in the state of South Dakota, and I'm an American citizen. Yes, for a short time, I am all of those things, residents and and citizens of all of those things, but but this is not my home. I am still a stranger in this land because, you see, I've been born into another family, and I have an inheritance. I have an inheritance that no one can take away and that nothing can take away. Never forget, my friends, this place is not our final destination, so don't get too comfortable here. These inheritances, these things, the however good or bad they might be. I actually have a friend, I have a dear friend who, who inherited, that's the word used, inherited from his parents a genetic issue that has dramatically shortened his life and for years is unable to walk. He inherited that. Glory to God, someday that inheritance too will be left here. But he like so many others, will have an inheritance in heaven that no one can take away. Oh, these things tarnish. These things fade away. These things are stolen. These things are thrown away. They wear out. They lose their meaning. But I have an inheritance. You have an inheritance in heaven that will last forever. You may be thinking, that's great, Pastor. I'm looking forward to heaven, and, and I know it's there. And 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 what Christ has done in me that's that's going to last forever and uh, what I do for the Lord in his name is going to be there, but I need help right now. I need help right now. well he the Bible also says he's our present help in time of need. There's more to this text and in 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 coming weeks, next week, and the week after that, and the week after that, and the week after that, we're gonna be seeing what 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 he has for us right now. And and I want you to come back next week and we're gonna we're gonna dig deep and in, into how he changes our lives right now. It's not just a future thing, it's a present thing. But I'm so grateful that what's in the future is so much better than what we can experience right here. I'll tell you what, I would, I would, I would, I want to go into it, I want to go into it right now, but But, uh, well, it's only 11.15, so I guess we can go ahead and, uh... (laughs) some of you are checking your watches. What does he mean? never mind. All right. (laughs) I don't know what a week holds. I don't know how quickly this life is going to be over. But I know at some point it will be over. And everything I have, everything I own, everything that you own, everything that you have will be left here. But if I am born again, And you are born again, and you are a part of his family. Because he died, he left to us something of incredible value. And if you are in relationship with him, if you are his son or his daughter, not just a distant nephew like Sergei, if you are a child of God, you will live forever with him. Now at the close of this service, I want to do today what I did last week. And what I did the week before. Joni, would you come and uh, lead us and perhaps with the other, some of the other can we can we sing, um, can we sing There's No Other Name? Can we do that? I, I didn't prompt her on this, but I want to do this. And uh, as they're coming, as they're coming, I want you to uh, understand that right now you can be born again. If you've not experienced that, if you've never prayed that, and, or if you're not sure, well, the Bible says we can be sure. And I want to pray with you in just a moment to begin that relationship, to trade that mealy, rotten, wormy, old, faded, about to perish apple for riches, not only present, I'm not talking financial riches, but but the blessings of salvation that we experience in this life and then forever. Trade one for the other. If you've never experienced that, I want to. So would you bow your heads with me, please? And and if that's you, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've not experienced being born again, say, how does it happen? You pray and you ask him to come into your heart. Say, well, that's so simple. Well, he did all the hard work. He did the hard work on the cross. The hard work was on the cross and the empty tomb. He did all the work. If you could earn this, if you could work your way into salvation, well, you would have done it a long time ago, but you can't. Only what he did can abide that. So you say, well, that's so easy. It is. You you pray. So if you've never prayed that, and you don't know if you have eternal life, or you know that you don't have eternal life yet, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, well, this is your time. So we're going to pray right now. If there's anyone here... you've not done that would you raise your hand right now just go ahead and raise your hand right now and I want to pray with you I won't embarrass you I won't humiliate you but I do want to pray thank you right down here in the center thank you right here thank you is there anyone else in the balcony Hallelujah There are three persons that I saw, that, and perhaps others. Um, if, if this is you, and and you raised your hand, whether I saw it or not, would you would you just very quietly, just just repeat this prayer after me? It's a simple prayer uh, of of invitation. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins. I recognize that you died for me. That you rose from the dead for me. You alone can give me eternal life. I believe that you died and rose again. Forgive my sins change my life I want to be born again and then I want to live with the living hope that can only come from you in Jesus name Amen Amen you prayed that prayer for the first time Glory to God, you are born again. You stand upon that, declare it, tell someone about it, tell me about it later. I'm going to be in that foyer in back, and uh, you come up to me and you tell me what Jesus, you can even take that little form in the pew in front of you, fill that out, put your name on there, on the back, it says, I'm giving my heart to Jesus today, check that, and then give it to like you to stand. Everyone, if you would, across this sanctuary, let's stand. Let's sing this together.
1: There's no other
0: The resurrection. We thank you, Jesus, for the inheritance. It will last forever. It will never be taken away. We give you the glory. And we go in the strength and in the power of that message today. The living hope of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in the presence and in the power of the living hope of Jesus Christ.